previously on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Who are you? I'm a friend. That must be Angel. That weird guy that wondered about all the vampires? The brethren from his order would come to the master to bring him the anointed. Who's that? The anointed will be my greatest weapon against the Slayer. Welcome, my friend. In every generation, there is a chosen one. She alone will stand against the vampires, the demons, and the forces of darkness. She is the Slayer. Okay, everybody going? We're all good? Test, test, test. Michael's here. Michael's here. <laughs> Could everyone do that, please? Test, test, test. test, test. Michael's, test. Here. Michael's, Michael's here. here. Michael's here. There we go. That counts as our introduction. So this week on Does Buffy Suck? <laughs> Those are all the voices you, you'll know from the show. We're doing the episode Angel. So a big thing that Rayanne noticed, which is just interesting about bringing a new person into this show. I never once considered the fact that this show is often not about vampires. I just... Never thought about it. But then when you bring in someone new and there's a show called Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's naturally uh, almost upsetting, perhaps, <laughs> how often there's no vampires. Yeah. I think for me it was, I started, like I said, for the diehard fans, they would know from episode one. <laughs> uh, I started from the middle and then I went back to the beginning and started watching. So I was starting to watch Buffy Well, there was like, it was clear that there was like a deep lore in this world and it's not just vampires, it's like all kinds of stuff uh so then when i went back to the beginning it didn't feel as shocking to me because i was like oh they're setting up all they're setting up the lore in this world this like paranormal is real and all this stuff all right so this episode first aired april 14th 1997 the top movie of the week was anaconda oh the top album was life after death notorious big cool. nice and uh the top songs are all the same as they were last time so check it out oh i guess another just real quick uh bookkeeping thing is we've been putting these shows out weekly, but we might not always hit weekly. We might do bi-weekly, whatever. You know, if there's a week without us on Monday, don't worry. We'll be there the next Monday. So. Don't worry. We're good. <laughs> oh, can I Can I do uh, I have to just do a little bit of housekeeping. Oh, the this failed is, joke hour. Or moment. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> uh, I had a few failed jokes uh, in the last episode. As I re-listened, I realized... So at the beginning of the last episode, Keith revealed that the number one song at the time was The Wallflowers. One Headlight, great song. And then I forgot that that was the band. And later in the episode, I made some joke about Matchbox 20 and everyone laughed and I thought everyone got it because the point was that they nailed it on the week that that song hit number one. Buffy was dressed as the number one Matchbox 20 fan, which would have been so great if I said the band name right. No, so you just did it again. Oh, Jesus. You just said Matchbox 20 <laughs> instead of the Now we're going to issue another apology. Okay, well, th that'll come in the next episode. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what was funny about it is if I had realized that it was a whiff, I would have just cut it out. I would have, you know, because that is more clever. But I just thought because Buffy was, she was just like at peak 90s last episode, and I just thought you were just picking any bullshit 90s band that never survived past the 90s. So, yeah, I mean, we all still thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> like, truly, the joke is completely ruined for me now because of how much you've had to over-explain what you meant to do. <laughs> what is the ba what is, which band has Bob Dylan's son in it? What band is that? The Wallflowers. That's Wallflowers. Okay, great. Got it. Yeah, Matchbox 20 is Rob Thomas. Oh, yeah, yeah, smooth yeah. fame. Yeah, yeah, right. How did you forget that? But what I love, too, about that, What's extra great about that is because we were doing the pack episode where the whole conceit was that the pack laughs at each other's horrible hyena jokes, and we couldn't have been more the pack in that moment where we're like, Mike said a funny, let's all <laughs> laugh at Mike's joke. <laughs> and then Mike's like, You fucking morons, it didn't even make sense. <laughs> 
<laughs> so long story short, we're sorry for Mike's bad joke. <laughs> yeah, so this is, that is just a public apology I would like to make on behalf of myself and everyone else for enjoying it. <laughs> okay. So yeah, with the show up to this point, it's been a lot of Adventure of the Week because it's just the nature of TV at the time. There weren't a lot of shows that didn't go week to week, and they were trying to establish a new show. They didn't know who was going to be watching, so they couldn't really build up a lot of lore. It's just, hopefully you'll watch this week, and here's the show for this week. So my feeling about this Angel episode, it's a little weird because they finally get into a larger plot and do some longer-term stuff, but it still all has to fit in this one episode. Like, way too much shit happens in this one episode. Because, again, they're like, there's no guarantee anyone's watching next week. So, let's get all the Angel story. Here it is. It's like 10 pounds of Buffy in a 5-pound Buffy bag. Just blah! Yeah. And did you notice that at the beginning of this episode, they started doing this, like, weird voiceover thing to, like, explain? Yeah. Oh, that she was the Slayer and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't remember that. Did that just start now? Was was this the first episode? I think so. I'm pretty sure in Canada, we didn't have those because they also would have the next week on Buffy. We never got those either. So, yeah, so these little things are just something we never saw. Cool. But, yeah, again, it's just like, uh, please get on board. Here's, let me explain. She's the Slayer. She's chosen. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's a very 90s way of um, setting up this kind of genre show. Like, those those kind of setup moments of, like, here's, uh, here's what our show is all about in our intro, and it's a minute and something seconds long, and you have to know what we're talking about here. Like, there were other shows that were like that, and the only one I can think of is Earth Final Conflict, and I feel terrible about that. <laughs> Your favorite show. My favorite show. Well, I guess it's like an evolution of the theme song, the you know sitcom jingle that would explain the whole premise of the show, you know, in the opening song. Like it's they couldn't quite do that of like, Bobby, 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 the vampire. <laughs> she kills a vampire. <laughs> But not every week, because we got to do other shit. <laughs> Sometimes there's a witch. <laughs> Xander is jealous of all the stuff. <laughs> I can go on. So this is our theme music now, right? Right. So uh, we start off with the master hanging out with the anointed one, who we learn is named Colin. But we really never learned anything about this kid. Did he have a family? We do know he rides buses. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that's canon. Apparently he's the evil in the future, whatever. Uh, and Buffy's been killing a lot of vampires lately, and Darla wants to go after her, but the master's like, no, no, I will send the three, who are just three guys. And I got some things to say about the three, but I guess we'll get into them a little later. But it's a good example of how there's just too much happening. Why did they even introduce these guys? It's like, here they are, now they're dead. What the fuck? <laughs> what are we doing here? I'm glad you said that, because I, like, I finally, I think it was in the next episode, but I just was like, I'm just so sick and tired of them introducing new characters yeah. every episode all the time. Like, you cannot live in this world, because every episode starts with some new people in some new place. I'm like, oh, I'm just so frustrated with that. Yeah, if they had even introduced any of this stuff, like, one episode ago, would have helped like crazy. You'd be like, oh, yeah, the three that they introduced last time but yeah just not only like one episode but they're literally a half episode villain and it's like jesus guys just just cut that plot line what is this shit yeah it was like that vampire with the uh claw hand yeah 
On last episode, Julian asked the uh, the eternal question, what the fuck is the bronze? <laughs> <laughs> and, and we get a new little factoid to add to the dossier. The bronze might seem nice and all velvet lined and dim lighting and stuff, but they're having the bronze fumigation party to try to get rid of all the cockroaches. And everyone just is like pretty cool oh, with it. Oh, is that what fumigation is? I was like, I was going to ask Julian what it meant. And then I thought I'd save it for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just where they're just trying to get rid of the vermin, just doing whatever they can to make this place a little less gross. Wow. So the bronze isn't even a nice place. It's disgusting. Wait a minute. You thought it was nice? <laughs> I mean, they serve corn muffins. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess every bar is like that. Like when they turn on the lights at the end of the night, you're like, oh, this isn't as nice as I thought. But yeah, with the the, the dim lighting and stuff i had a feel it, it had a certain feel of class to me oh no brand muffin class <laughs> so buffy and willow are just talking about how boys don't like them and then on the way home the three so yeah the three it's like the master talks these idiots up like crazy like they've been around since the 1600s or something they've never failed they're the greatest assassins ever and they go to fight buffy on her way home and angel jumps in to help her and they run into buffy's house and basically, this is it. They have just defeated the three because they went in Buffy's house. Like, there is no, nothing else. Like, why in fuck's name did they even <laughs> introduce these fucking characters? Yeah. Oh, yeah, just a quick side note that uh, Angel sexily needs to get his wounds bandaged, but don't vampires just heal? Would he really have a wound? Oh, yeah, that's a great point. I think we all know he is uh, not a regular vampire. He's not like other vampires. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked the thing of vampires can't come in unless they're invited. And then Buffy does play with that idea here and there, which is always like kind of a fun little piece of lore for vampires. And so they made a big deal of it with the three. But then Angel ran directly into Buffy's house. It seemed like they forgot about that. And then there was an ADR line as they're running in of Buffy going, Angel, come in. <laughs> I mean, I guess that that goes in the, the same category as Angel wearing crosses in public and standing in daylight and just like, yeah, they, they do such a bad job with Angel's vampirism and is he only has wounds that need bandaging when it's a sexy time. <laughs> but yeah, so these guys, the three, so Buffy's mom comes home and doesn't get torn apart by deadly vampires. So are those guys just gone? They're not even outside? Like, I just feel like there's nothing even remotely logical about this whole fight. It's so weird of just, like, why set up the three and then set up that they can't get into the house and then set up that Buffy's mom comes home? Just have Buffy's mom be out of town. Like, it's like they're going out of their way to trip themselves up that none of this makes sense. <laughs> and it's just like, what is going on here? And uh, I'm just, I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit about the three because it's weird. You know, let's just get them out of the way. Buffy and Angel stay inside all night, and uh, that keeps the three at bay. So the three have failed. So they go back to the master, and they're like, oh, we failed you. It's the first time in 400 years, but somehow we failed. So we will just allow ourselves to be killed by you. And the master lets Darla kill them, and that's the end of these guys. And it's just... Let's do a little a quick writing exercise. One easy way I find to keep things from being super shitty is, you know, just... Put yourself in the shoes of the character. Just take a moment. Just really meditate on it. Pretend you're them. So you're a member of the three. You know that if you fail, you're dead. You're dead tomorrow. And you've never failed before. The only problem is that Buffy is inside her house. Can you think of things that you maybe could do? 
Uh, I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, I got thwarted <laughs> by a door. <laughs> Yeah, like, the first thing that comes to mind is, like, just set the house on fire. Yeah, like, that's the first one I thought of. Like, let's get yeah. them out of mm. there. Or get a gun and shoot through a window, you know. Or, like, just stick around for a couple hours. Maybe go grab a neighbor and yell into her, like, hey, if you don't come out and fight me, your neighbor's dead. And if you really want to get crazy about it, just cause enough of a problem that the police show up to the house. Just anything to cause chaos to get... Yeah. Buffy out of the house. They not only do nothing, but Buffy's mom just strolls right by them. I just hate everything about this so fucking much. Like, and then they go back shit? to the underworld and they're like, yeah, I guess we've been perfect for 300 years, but this this is it. We, yeah, like, we only get to screw up one time. We're dead. Grabbing Buffy's mom would have been a great thing. Grab her mom. Hey, I got her. Uh, you know what? David Greenwalt... You let us down today. Yeah, I noticed it was him again. What was the one he wrote? The other shitty one? The Mantis one? Oh, the great one. Teacher's Pet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, from the author of Teacher's Pet comes Angel. But I guess what it's getting us to is is Angel has no uh, choice but to stay in Buffy's bedroom all night. And the thing is, I'm down for that. That's great. Like a reason for Buffy and Angel to have like, oh, we're sleeping together in the same room and we're having these little moments together. And like, awesome. That's what we're waiting for. That's what we want this show to be. Hell yeah. But there has to be like just a slightly better reason than this. <laughs> like, this is the worst ever reason ever. Yeah, I also was, it wasn't, I mean, it made sense. I guess I just missed it. But I was like, she's like, okay, good night. I'm like, oh, okay. He's just sleeping over. Like what? It didn't seem like a good enough reason. Like they were gone. I don't know. I guess he was camping out to protect her, but it seemed weird. Yeah, well, especially because, yeah, it's like they, they fucked up their own thing with Buffy's mom coming home because that clearly proves that the three are gone. There's no need for Angel to be there anymore. Yeah, it's just, just from a purely mechanical standpoint, if you're teaching a class, it's like this thing is a tornado of problems. <laughs> like, there's not one good thing about this. So much so that even once you get to... Yeah, the cool little moment of like, ah, cool, like Buffy and Angel alone time in the girl's room at night. It's just like, whoa, sexy, cool times. But it just was still kind of ruined because I couldn't stop thinking about how much I hate everything. (laughs) I'm really sorry that the sexy time between Bones and Buffy was ruined for you. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Trust me, I'm sadder than anyone. Well, especially when as soon as they start kissing, he gets all vamped up yeah 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 so there's a nice little thing where angel uh angel says that his family's dead and buffy says oh was it vampires and angel's like oh yeah you could say that (laughs) (laughs) technically yes buffy goes to school has a whole day at school where xander's jealous because angel was in buffy's house of course because he's a douchebag and uh and the next day angel's still there so he just was hanging at her house all day And she has this terrible little run about her diary. Yeah. Like, she sees that her diary was out, and she's like, that could mean anything. When I talk about the brooding stranger in the shadows, that could be anyone. That's not you. (laughs) And it's like, this is so fucking shitty. Yeah, that was really stupid. Like, why not just wait for one millisecond to find out that he didn't read it instead of just telling him everything that's in it? (laughs) Even if he had read it, you're just telling him stuff he already knows. You know what, though? I had a moment like that. There was a guy I was dating in Ottawa years ago, and I was at his apartment waiting. I got there early, and I was waiting for him to come home from work. And uh, I was on his computer, and I uh, discovered some chats with a lady. Mm. And when he came home, I just cause was kind of just sitting there waiting for him. And I was like, I found something. And then he just, like, spilled everything. <laughs> 
I think people just panic. Wow, that's that's that would not be my move at all. My move would be. <laughs> what did you find? Did you read all of it? <laughs> what part did you read? The closest I had to that was just that the uh, the girl I dated in New York. She was really like sexually open and stuff, and just like what's the the thing that um, Savage Love says? Like uh, good game and good game and giving or something like that yeah I mean, she, she was absolutely that just a really open person but i was uh, she went to work one day and i was looking at porn on her laptop so later she was going through her search history but she was like oh i saw the porn that you were looking at but she was like let's talk about it let's be into the same porn together and stuff like she was totally cool about it but i never let that happen again because i just felt so weird about it <laughs> just like, <laughs> like even if someone is totally on board with your porn it's like that's my porn though please please don't talk about my porn <laughs> please don't see my secret shame <laughs> yeah, don't tell people how i live <laughs> please, my porn. so luckily it wasn't it wasn't anything too crazy i mean i was on someone else's computer so, you know, i tried to keep myself a little in check i'm surprised you didn't delete the history like i spent all of high school deleting everything i ever did on my parents computer yeah i guess it just never occurred to me because we're just like hey whatever man you know you know just a open-ass relationship but i just didn't expect her to actually follow but it's funny because that is basically my diary <laughs> you know? it's the closest i've got but yeah so uh they make out and uh angels of vampire i guess again it's like that must maybe that was really cool back in the day for the people that saw this for the first time like i don't know do you think that was a big shock like it's hard to say because we just know he's a vampire yeah see even in i don't know very much about this show clearly and that was the one thing i knew is that like angel is a vampire so like it wasn't that exciting for me but I wonder if you could kind of guess it in advance if this wasn't. Yeah, it's hard to put myself in that position because, yeah, I already went in knowing. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they didn't really hint at it much, if at all. Yeah. And I, I think I liked, um, I was fully expecting a, you know, they're, they're smooching. And I was expecting the melodramatic, like, angel pulling back and going, no, I mustn't. <laughs> um, but what it was, was he just straight up turned into a vampire and... That was actually like a legitimate like, oh, OK, this is nice. That's a shock rather than just, you know, play out like every single drama does ever. And I guess it's another thing, too, that if only they could have made things a little less episodic, it still would have helped even with this, because like this shock of Angel really would have worked better if Angel wasn't just the guy who shows up for two minutes each episode and hands over a leather jacket. Yeah. And every time he's just in the shadows, it makes me laugh every entrance he ever makes. It's like you just see his piercing eyes through the darkness. And Buffy's talking in, earlier in the episode about like being in a relationship with him. Like, what, what do you think this man is like in a just a domestic relationship? Like, he just broods in the shadows all night. <laughs> It's weird, too, because, yeah, speaking of taking his larger character arc into account, like Angel, it's almost annoying, almost annoyingly righteous, his overall character, because the whole thing is, I've done these terrible things, I can never be, how could I ever be redeemed? Or could I on my own spinoff series on the WB? You know, and they <laughs> lean on that, like, a lot. Like, a lot of the show is just, like, him just brooding about wanting to be good. Where in this, he's just like, Buffy, just, I shouldn't be here because I want to fuck you so bad. <laughs> it's just, it's a, he seems a lot more shallow, like a lot more like horn dog angel. <laughs> just like, do you guys know how, like at what point they knew they were going to do the spinoff? I mean, probably not at this point, but 
I bet some point in season two they were starting because season three I think is where it actually started, right? Is that right, Keith? I think so. Oh yeah, and there's definitely proof coming up with Darla that at this point, yeah, I don't think they had any fucking idea where anything was going ever because <laughs> like there's just a lot of weird shit. So Darla shows up in a schoolgirl outfit to mock Angel, which I do kind of like because yeah, like we just can't. It's the same thing with Twilight or whatever. It's like 16-year-old girl, 200-year-old man. Okay, <laughs> nothing weird about that. And she, you know, insists to Angel, like, look, dude, just admit it. You're a vampire. You're always going to be a vampire. And Angel's like, no, I'm dumb. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're, you're different, eh? Well, all right, then why don't you tell Buffy? Tell Buffy about the curse. And then in the very next scene, we learn about the curse through research because they packed so much shit into this one episode. So basically, the gang is researching Angelus, which is Angel's evil name. Mm-hmm. He's a 240-year-old vampire from Ireland, went on a rampage, killed everybody. Anyone who met him found nothing but horror and death. Uh, but then 80 years ago, his horrible rampage just suddenly ended, and no one knows why. Buffy and Willow talk about how Buffy needs to stake her boyfriend. And again, yeah, it's like, boyfriend, chill out, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put labels on things so early, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and while Buffy and Willow are talking about this, they're in the school library. Darla's just standing outside the window listening to them dish. (laughs) (laughs) It's like that one where Willow and Xander were just hanging outside the window while Giles was trapped in the funeral home. Like, there's a lot of people just hanging out outside windows (laughs) in this show. When Darla and Angel were talking, were they in, like, Angel's apartment? Yeah, I'm not sure what that set is, right? It's just this all-purpose gloomy place. That he's signed a lease for, presumably. We know it's his fridge. Yeah, because it had blood in it. Oh, yeah, of course. Is that where they have the fight at the end, though? Because isn't there a pool table in there, too? No, that's at the bronze. <laughs> like everything else is. Right, of course. I love the idea that he's just like, it's just a barren apartment safe for a mini fridge of blood and then a pool table for fun times. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the only way he can take like his 80 years of torment is like he just... He's pool sharks, and that's the only way to make himself feel better. He convinces women to come home with him so that he can teach them how to play pool. His business card says, Angel, vampire slash pool shark. <laughs> but then he always scratches right at the end, and he's just like, I don't deserve to win. The things, I, <laughs> the things I've done, I can never be redeemed. So Darla goes to Buffy's house, and Buffy's mom just, you know, just invites her right in. No, you must be Buffy's friend. And what this made me think of is, you know how, you know, you got to have the talk with your kids, right? That like awkward talk to talk to them about sex and, you know, protection and all that stuff. You don't want to do it, but you have to do it. This is the reverse. If you are dealing with vampires, you have to have the talk with your parents. Like, I know it's awkward and it's weird, but you have to tell them that there are vampires. You can't let them just walk around unprotected like this. It's insane. The conversation was so funny with as soon as she got let into the house, it's very nice of you to invite me into your home. And then and then she's like, oh, do you want like anything, a glass of water? Uh, yes, I would like something. <laughs> We get it. How stupid do you think we are? Just laying down the double entendres. Like, just, just like you're laying bricks. Like, I actually love Darla. I think she's awesome. Well, I'm sorry that she dies in this episode and will never be seen again. So uh, Angel shows up and saves Buffy's mom. But Buffy thinks that Angel was attacking her mom. Drama. Yeah. Oh, man. That's your great, your long-term boyfriend who did that. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, Buffy takes her mom to the hospital where uh, Buffy's mom is understandably confused about why the school librarian is there. <laughs> I believe she says... The teachers really do care in this town, which is a line that means nothing. Like, oh, yeah, Sunnydale is famous for the town where teachers care. And a lot of students just die. Yeah, like it's weird enough that Buffy and Giles are always hanging out in the library together. But this is like this new level of like when he's at the hospital with her, like any outsider would think Giles is grooming this girl (laughs) to molest her. You know, there's no other way to see this. Yeah, and every episode they're doing some sort of fucking jujitsu in the library together. <laughs> uh, it was quarterstaffs, thank you very much. Jeez. Like, I think there's an easy explanation here. Like, Giles could have just said, oh, I brought over uh, Willow and Xander. Like, that's why he's in the hospital, too. Yeah. I don't know. I think it still would have been weird. <laughs> <laughs> so Buffy goes to fight Angel. Very upset, you know, because she thinks Angel tried to kill her mom. Uh, And we see Angel's vampire face turn back to normal, and the special effect wasn't that bad. And I was like, there you go. (laughs) But Angel, yeah, he goes back to human face. He's not fighting back. So eventually Buffy stops fighting and is like, dude, what's going on? Like, how come come you're not fighting me? How come you're not being evil? So here's where we get Angel's full origin story, because, you know, this mystery's been hanging in the air for 20 whole minutes, so we really gotta fucking... They really just drop it all on you in one conversation. So it turns out that Angel, when he became a vampire, he killed his whole family. He went on this 100-year vampire rampage, but then he was eventually cursed by the Romani, who I guess we'll just get this out of the way right away, the Romanian gypsies. And now in 2020, I know that the word gypsy is, like, less good and they call them travelers and stuff but these gypsies are in this show a lot so we're just gonna have to accept the fact that i'm gonna say (laughs) gypsies a lot and that i don't mean any disrespect to the proud traveling people of europe fair (laughs) so the way the romani cursed him i thought this was actually pretty clever instead of killing him they want to hurt him more Basically, he, I guess they get into more details later, but he killed somebody, you know, from the, from the Romani tribe. And they're like, this fucking Angelus, we got to put an end to this. So they give him back his soul. And now he just lives in torment. He just always is going to feel bad forever. So that's what Angel's been spending the last 80 years doing is just playing pool and wearing leather jackets <laughs> and looking at teen girls and feeling bad about himself. I love it. Yeah, I got to say it is pretty, you're right, it is clever. And it does give his character like a lot of depth, like, oh, he's a vampire, he's evil, but he can't kill people because he'll feel bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's a lot to sink their teeth in, which they did throughout seven seasons and a spinoff. It truly feels, yeah, it feels like the first... <laughs> The first character or storyline where it's like, I don't know, maybe when this idea originally came, this was like the crux of it. Because like, this is cool. This makes sense. This you you want to learn more. Everything else was just like, eh, I don't know. Uh, she moved. The end. <laughs> yeah. Crazy shit's happening in this town. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, this <laughs> Veritable town cornucopia of ghouls and demons. and Praying mantises. Yeah. fumigation parties (laughs) so darla shows up and gets all uh super dramatical about how angel used to be mine and now he seems to be with you and there's a great line though where darla's like do you know what the saddest thing in the world is you know obviously referring to a vampire trying to be a person which is sad to her and buffy's like that hair on top of that outfit very good so darla reveals that she was angel's sire which is what they call the person who made you a vampire 
And she's really repulsed by Angel having a soul. And I kind of like that. I just like that each side sees each other like vermin, you know, like basically all a Slayer is trying to do is exterminate. Maybe that's what this fucking cockroach shit was about. It's just like, if we could just exterminate all the vampires, that would be great. But on the vampire side, human beings are just like, ew. So that Angel has a soul. Darla's like, it's so gross. He used to be so cool. And now he's this lame soul having asshole. And then, okay, then Darla pulls out two guns. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) So I didn't really get into a lot of detail here, but I mean, I'm sure this never happens again in the show. I'm like, where where did this come from? I did not have any memory of dual gun Lara Croft fucking fight scene happening. So I feel like the the writer had just watched like Hard Boiled or something and was like, <laughs> what if we did the sliding thing, but it's a vampire on a pool table? It did look guess, cool. It's great. Yeah, I guess it's just another case of like, let's try to break from convention or let's try to do what people don't expect. But that's not always a good thing. <laughs> you know? Sure, no one expected the guns. <laughs> yeah, it just felt so weird. I, it was like really hard to get behind. <laughs> like, especially because I've seen this, sh- I've seen all of this show, and vampires with guns is not a very common like thing to see. But what's even weirder? So yeah, like my memories of season one are really, really uh, bad because I never really went back and watched these. So I didn't remember Darla having guns. But then. They're fighting, and Angel stakes Darla. And I, I was just completely at a loss, because if you're just watching the show, it's like, okay, again, I don't know why they're burning through this so fast. We just introduced that this is the person who sired Angel. Clearly, there's all kinds of stuff you could deal with. Yeah. But no, let's just kill them. But I was just like, what the fuck is happening? I didn't remember this at all. And this is like a huge, huge misstep. Like, they just totally whiffed it. Because Darla isn't dead. Darla goes on for years after this. So what the fuck is this? Like, how did they fuck up this bed? Like, it's to the point where, I guess why why this one shook me, sort of shook me to my core, (laughs) is whenever I think back to Buffy, and I think of, like, the moments that are so great that, like, I wish I could write them. Like, they're so perfectly amazing that it's like, I can't even believe how good this is. There's the end of season five, Uh, which, you know, Mike knows what happens, but, you know, we'll get there eventually. And there's what happens to Darla. What eventually happens to Darla is some Shakespearean shit. It is 10 out of 10, A plus, perfect. It's just so beautifully perfect. And she's just dead here? What the fuck is, what's what's happening? What is going on here? Mike, were you trying to mess with me by saying, oh, good, too bad she's dead, and then Keith just ruined it? Uh, I, I was joking because Keith did mention this before, even because Darla, if you remember, was I thought so. She's the very first vampire we see in the series at all. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, earlier Keith was like, "Oh, she becomes a really important character and she comes back." And so I saw this and I was like, "Yeah, this is really important." But for his reaction, it seems like that was like overblowing it if she's dead now. Yeah, this is not it. Like the thing I'm talking about is like three or four years down the road. So I'm just like. How do they get themselves out of this corner? Like, they clearly realized, like, wow, we just fucked up. And, and I can't think of any cases of a dead vampire coming back to life. So how are they going to explain this shit? Like, I just have no memory of how they cleaned up this mess. Yeah, I forgot that they killed her at all. It was, that, was, that was a surprise to me. Yeah, this is definitely just a big accident that they just were. <laughs> but it's, it felt like they, they had her in that opening, cold open of the first episode. And... She was unnamed. 
I feel like they just liked her and brought her back. They brought her back for another episode and then killed her off. And then they're like, damn, but we really did like her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, maybe the, the person who made Angela Vampire, who is completely irreplaceable in his whole storyline, maybe we should have done more with her than two guns and a pool table fight. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, I don't know. So, yeah, I'm curious to see how they're going to fix this. But it, the whole thing is just disappointing. Like, that they fucked it up this bad. Whatever they do to fix it is going to feel like just them trying to fix it. Like, we got quite a bit of pushback about season one being bad people online people i know in real life a lot of people are like oh you're being too hard on season one season one's not that bad i couldn't disagree more season one is such a clusterfuck that they're killing major characters by accident that they didn't mean to kill it's just shit season one of buffy is fucking garbage and completely failing at building a world or like learning much about anyone at all like it's very frustrating yeah yeah man season one hate this shit <laughs> i hope they bring darla back with three guns yeah. <laughs> let me reiterate by the way that it was my idea to do this podcast. <laughs> yeah and like that's the thing too is like there is no ambiguity about it she's staked she is dusted she is gone i don't know this is fucked up and like there are people in the show i can think of a couple of times that people come back from the dead and it's always like some monkey's paw bullshit of like you thought you wanted them to come back, but it, you can't come back. You can't ever really come back. There's always big problems. But I don't remember any of this stuff with Darla. I really do think they just were like, we 100% fucked up. Let's pretend that didn't happen. And <laughs> let's just keep going. So anyway, I guess we'll see. We'll keep Darla watch. How does Darla come back? Let's just try to pretend that this whole scene never happened. Darla watch 2020. I'm going to go with time travel. Mm, yeah. mm. But I have no idea. It's magic. Or some combination of the two, yeah. Yeah, magic time travel. Isn't this a disaster, too? Imagine now you're in the writer's room, and they're like, okay, we got to bring back Darla, and it goes 100% against everything that we've established in this show or will establish in the future. Okay, come back with ideas after lunch. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) So the master's real upset because uh, Darla's dead, and uh, the anointed kid Colin says, oh, don't worry, soon we shall rise, and the blood will rain in the measurement. She was weak. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Then uh, Angel tells Buffy that he's just got to walk away from all this. You know, he just can't be around her. It's, uh, It's too much, so... Maybe, you know, three more seasons of smoldering around at most tops. And then he's definitely going to be out of her life. Every time they're together, he's just like hovering over her head. It's very creepy. Like the, <laughs> the way they talk to each other. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's like, oh, we're almost about to kiss. But it just feels so creepy every time. Well, if you think about it. Their age difference is only 225 years, so... Yeah, that's true. It's not like it's 300, yeah. I wonder how old he was when he vamped. I'm sure they'll say it at some point. I think he's supposed to be like... I don't know, is he early 20s? Yeah, I guess because you you keep your your form, right, or whatever, your age is frozen. Yeah, I guess eventually that gets weird, too. That's where the guy that plays Spike, people ask him all the time about coming back and doing more Buffy stuff, and he's like, guys, I'm like really old now (laughs) like it's not gonna happen we can't have like the vampires being old like come on but anyway they have uh angel and buffy have a a final kissy kiss definitely definitely that's the end of their relationship and uh (laughs) buffy's cross leaves a burn mark on angel's chest oh man dramatic meaningful (laughs) wow 
I will say um, I did like Xander for the most part in this episode. And I'm recognizing that uh, whatever his name is, Nicholas Brendan, is that correct? Yeah. He's a good actor. I hate him so much most of the time, but like I just find his reactions to stuff are very realistic. And he, it's like Ross and Friends. Like Ross is the worst, but he's played well. I think he's a good actor. I definitely like him as Xander a lot. I feel like, yeah, he's a he's he plays a really good Xander. Yeah. Yeah, he's great at Xander. That's funny you bring up uh, Ross from Friends, too, because, yeah, he was always my least favorite character in Friends. Yes, he's everybody's least favorite. He sucks. That's the point. But, yeah, as years went by and he was in, like, Band of Brothers and all this stuff, and you're like, yeah, but he's, he's really good. <laughs> I'm like, what a great actor. He can play this. And breast men. Yeah. <laughs> he was good at it. He was. Those are the top three. <laughs> yeah. Things he's famous for. <laughs> all right. So we learned about Angel. Uh, we learned about Darla. Try to pretend she's not dead because she's not. And um, I don't know. Anything else to say about that one? I guess at least we got we got some story, but don't get used to it because season one is a garbage fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got we got some story. We got some lore. At least we got the explanation of the origin story of Angel, which is a cool origin story. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that was like a shining point in this. So David Greenwalt, I'll give you a gold star for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a good episode. I liked it. Yeah, me too. Do you want to send us out, Julian? <laughs> If you ever get tired of doing this every episode, by the way, let me know, but I like it. Oh, no. I Let's do it. Um, this uh, We found out about some angels in this episode, and guess what? He he doesn't suck, but what happened to him did suck. Um, so we're, you know, we're going to keep watching and then maybe talk in a couple of seconds about the next. Try to figure out if uh, Buffy um, sucks. <laughs> Yay! Julian, <laughs> do you know what is the common thread with all of your outros? No. You, like, you couldn't you couldn't pick it? I just they bring it back to Buffy Sucks a lot. No, you always go, <laughs> us, so guess what? And then say... <laughs> In the 21st century, an alien species known as the Talons came to Earth with the promise of peace. They lied. Their true agenda was to dominate us. After years of struggle, the Talons have perished, leaving more aggressive beings in their wake, the Atavus. My name is Renee Palmer. My mission is to stop this new species from dominating our planet. This is Earth's final conflict.